Hello and welcome to another episode of 177 Nations of Tasmania. And for this episode, we're making our first venture into South America. And South Americans are not maybe so prevalent in Tasmania, but the population has been growing, I think, in the last few years. And today the country we're going to is Peru. And I welcome Carlos, who's quite a long-term resident of Tasmania. And what's really interesting, I think, about Carlos is that when he arrived, there were very few South Americans, and I'm really interested to hear about his experiences of arriving here. So, welcome, Carlos. Could you tell us about uh, how did you end up to be in Tasmania? I believe it's quite a story. First, it started when I was in Peru, around 72. My parents arrived to Tasmania with one of my sisters, and I will come after. And then, in two occasions I tried to apply for resident to, to live in, uh, in Australia. In two occasions I was denied, possibly because I got family in Peru. And then in 84 I come up as a tourist for three months with the return ticket for three months. And then uh, after celebrating Christmas with the family, then I, I have a, the opportunity to, to stay here in Australia. I've been giving the the message they say it's possible me to apply for resident when I as a tourist long my family apply on my behalf. In the case I know will become illegal immigrant. And this is was the story who are how I arrived to Tasmania, directly from Peru, Lima to Tasmania. And when I arrived with a, as a tourist I didn't have any any English, any was a little hard in communication, but having my family here will help me to, to have a good time. Yeah. And so how, how, was, how come your mother had come here before you? My mother and I and my sister, my mother was um, living in Lima, and then she met a foreigner from England. They arrived to Peru for purpose of working purpose, and then when I meet my mother, and then they have a they have an agreement to, he will come back to Peru to be with my mother. And a year later, he, he arrived and he proposed to my mother to take her and my sister with a, only going to South American country near, near Peru for work. And then a year after, come back with three, saying they moving to England and then possibly will take me, me after. They moved to England and then they didn't settle very well there and decide to come to live in Tasmania. It was around 72. Wow, that's quite a big, big journey. Peru, Peru, UK, back to Tasmania. Yes. But why did they, why did they come to Tasmania? Because my stepfather say it's similar weather than England, and the, Tasmania is a place with the best place for broad children in Tasmania. Okay. And then they, my parents, have a one child and in England, and then two children here in Australia. I got one brother and two sisters, and plus my sister from South America, my blood is another sister. So two sisters and one brother, so, three sisters and one brother living here in Australia. So from, what was it, 1972 to 1984, you were still in Peru? Still in Peru all these years, and uh, I was living in Peru and by myself, since I went to school by myself, I studied all by myself, I worked by myself, because after two years, 
was denied the, the visa and I, I, lost, I lost hope to come to Australia. So what was it like being, being on your own going to school? I mean, you must have been quite young. Yeah, I was 12 years old when they left and they left me with my grandmother. My grandmother, for her age, no was able to look after me and I, I independent myself when I was 14. And then since then, I just live traveling in the street. I, I, I have a, a life to learn because my childhood was very, very privileged. I have a nuns, I have a, me and my sister, never, we suffer any poverty, we always, my, my mother have a business to look after us until they left. Then when I left, yeah, about myself, yeah, I didn't have any support, I was living in plus study. When they left me, Two years later, I finished my primary. Okay. Then I went to uh, secondary. And since then, you know, always my parents, my mother used to tell me to continue study because if I one day I will come to this country, uh, they will they will accept me because they know accepting people without literacy or education. And this is the reason I'll continue study and working. And I was able to <laughs> so living thanks to the education I have in my childhood. Okay. I was able to um, progress in my life because it's very difficult and poverty to to be some, to be somebody. Yeah. So what what was school like in Peru? School was what I say because I suffer a polio when I was a child, two years old. I have a, always rival, and because it's a lot of discrimination with people with disability, mm -hmm. and teach us to defend ourselves and be ourselves. And I grow up that way, you know, trying the the go for the the right track, and always I go against injustice of other people. Before my parents left, I was in private school. Private school where you go there for a week, and then you come on weekend. And then after they left, I had to go to public school. In public school, uh, yeah, it's more, more rough, more difficult to learn. But only what you got, you have to get through. It's the, the only education you can receive. What I say, uh, thanks to my parents, I continue, because uh, it was very difficult to continue educating myself. Mm. And so, at, when you were at, sort of at, at high school, what? How did you see your future? Ah, uh, no, no. The future is die by die. You can't predict your future because the necessity is every day, mm -hmm. and you're not able to travel around your country. You're not travel, not able to visit in tourist places. It's necessity. Not able to know your own country. Mm -hmm. Only you can live by die by die. This is the the survival in in Peru. Yeah. And my mother used to send me every couple of months fifty dollars, and it used to be a lot of money. And with that, I used to lift myself up and try to put a little business, selling things in the street or buying and selling things. And with this, uh, I was able to keep me going. Yeah. So, what was what was sort of the general situation in Peru at the time? In Peru at the time, really, I didn't, by living there, I didn't notice how horrible, how terrible was the country. It used to be uh, terrorist groups, the uh, Shining Path. They used to go and then 
force people to, to do things they no was able to, or forcing them to swap drugs for firearms. And all these things I was witness when I was living in the country, and I saw the, the necessity force them to, to fight against the government. And I, I noticed too the influence from outside, not from the country. People coming for the drugs, brighting people, bribing people, and put it against umbrellas. This is why I noticed the problem in South America and the corruption. We're living in a society where everybody's corrupted since you're born after you die. And you. this is the culture. And, and it's very difficult to change it one day to the other. And I believe only with education is capable to change all this. So just so people understand, listening understand what what do you mean when you say corruption what's what would be an example the corruption is because the necessity you force to buy to bribe to be able to pass through the regulations to pass through the the normal life for one dollar the police stop you uh, either not have any issues stop you to just to ask you for bribe if you not buy you get book and this is why the necessity the police is not well paid, the doctors, the nurses is not well paid, and everybody's in necessity. And because it's no control and everybody do it, it's normal. And this is why we have problems. But now it's changing, lack of the economy is improving in this moment, and more children's educated, more parents educated children to change the attitude thanks to education. Then you came to Australia on uh, holiday, were you expecting to go back to Peru? Yes, I was expecting back to Peru because I left everything I have. I left it all my friends, my business, I left my girlfriend, I left my items, my living stuff, my, my, my belongings, and with the expectation they're going back in three months. But then when I come here and I got the news to say, no, it's possibility to stay, I always agreed to stay here. I didn't like it, I didn't understand, I didn't speak the language, I didn't like the weather, I didn't like the food. Really, really, I no one please to bring me back. But with the parents, it's very difficult to, to argue. And they, they saw different things than I saw at the moment. Mm -hmm. But my intention was go back. And now thinking about it, it's for many reasons I want it back. Even it's not the longer the reason is important. At that moment was really struggling to withdraw from drugs. This is why one was one of the reasons I want to go back. It's false, false, because it's, at that moment, you know, I didn't see the, the opportunity. I see just want to go back to my old lifestyle, uh, easy, easy life. When I arrived, here I know it was like it's to die was different. People is less friendly, less people, less opportunities, less uh, communication with the locals, because uh, in that period was only the people who built Tasmania was gathering in the place. The, when I arrived here, it was the Italians, the Greeks, the German, and the Polish. Yeah, yeah they ones was the ones who built Tasmania. You know, because they are, I believe they come up in the 50s for the hydro of building the dam yeah. or working in the miners. And they, in front of Chile, was one family. They, the only people I've, I saw one family, the Chileans, they only speak Spanish and hold Tasmania. And no, no Peruvian, no other countries. 
And the other thing uh, I noticed two Aborigines. The Aborigines was there, here, but then in small groups. And the Aborigines was the most friendly people when I arrived. The ones I feel welcome by them. The people I feel more familiar because where I come from too, I saw people discrimin discriminated and then there was more, I feel more brotherhood because they uh, was more, I learned more from them here in Tasmania because they really welcomed me maybe because it's a foreigner or because we got the same color skin mm -hmm. and I feel really like a brotherhood and they used to look after me when I, we used to go out. Even uh, people and the people used to make a hard times. And it took me one year to know if I stay here or not. I had to wait for 12 months to the decision because every three months they used to ask me for birth certificate, three months later for student certificate, three months later for police certificate. For me in the period or for my family it was difficult where I said before it's very corrected system and the documents not coming in time, and you have to wait long, and we have to, to send money to be able to be to do all the paperwork legally, and this is why the reason to, uh, took you so long. And plus the government asked me every three months for something couldn't ask me all at once. And this was my frustration. In the last interview with the immigration, I was there, and they, they asked me very uncomfortable questions, and and I decide to, to give up. Even my parents interpreted that they are upset for my decision, and I, I couldn't handle it. I was giving up everything when I got back. Even uh, my attitude in front of the Office of Immigration was was no no nice because I left the office in, in way outside for my parents. When I returned home with my parents, I asked them to, to let me go. And they say, no, we have to wait for immigration. They have got your passport. You can't go after and they, they give us. In that case, I say to my mother, give me my tip money you've been giving me every month. I'm going to Melbourne. They upset because they say I couldn't speak the language. I don't know anybody and how I can go there when I, I know I have to be here waiting for the decision. I say to my parents, say, I know I'm going to be denied. And I want to go because I can work, make money, send it to you. And when I, they catch me, it's a, a illegal. They will deport me. And with the money I make here, you will be able to send me back and I'll be able to continue my, my business. And then I, this was my plan. ended up in Melbourne, in the city, after catching the bus from the airport. I didn't have nowhere to go, I didn't know anybody, and suddenly somebody told me to go to the corner, it was uh, the police station. I went to the police station and they asked me to wait, and they gave me to call the Peruvian club. They gave me the number and I ran the Peruvian club and uh, a secretary answered me and recognized me and, and then come up and picked me up and took me to the president's house. And since then, I was able to find a work. Then he put me in a job making, making meat pies. The business asked me for my passport to be able to get pie. Because I didn't have a passport, I say, only give me half. And the other half, when I get my passport, I knew it, the passport is not in my hands. But it's the only things I can do to be able to continue surviving. And I, 
uh, decided to give up the work and then moving to, from Melbourne to Sydney. I rang my parents to tell them I am in Sydney, no longer in Melbourne. And this is when I have the news saying, Carlos, I got your passport, my mother say, and say, you now you got a resident visa. I was happy and I asked them to send me the passport to be able to be able to apply for a, a help at the government. And I was able to stay there six months. I realized um, no future there. I need to have a more English. I have to educate myself. I, real, I realized that and I couldn't go more further because the money I received is only for, for, for surviving, not for other, nothing else. And I decided to come to Tasmania and learn something. Then I come to Tasmania. I was able to learn the first two months and then I started recycling things from things I find the and the rubbish, I started recycling, and I was able to sell it at the market after fixing things. Mm-hmm. And since then, I started practicing craft, and somebody suggested me to go to to university, apply for a place in the uni for kind of works I do. At the moment, no English, no only the only things I, I have is my body language. Mm-hmm. The only way I learned to communicate through my experience in life they don't need to speak any language to be able to communicate to people. And then plus what I'm practicing is art, the same thing, the art is no, no language, a specific language to communicate art. It's visual, it's emotional, and it's I, something I can have, a, something to express. This is the way I went to university, and, and I was able to, with the help of friends, I was able to apply, and I was accepted with the condition I'm only going to do a social social diploma, but uh, I was disagree because my age is higher. I was older, and plus, if I do a social diploma, I have to do it three years more for the Bachelor of Fine Art, and then I decide to to re- refuse the offer, and they they offer me the second offer was I will do a Bachelor of Fine Art, but if I pass the first year in such social social diploma. They say they, I will do a five subjects and state three is social diploma. I, I will do a five subjects. If I pass the five subjects, automatically I will go to second year of Bachelor of Fine Art. I put all the effort for the first year. I worked more than 12 hours a day to able to, to prove. And I, I was in, impressed to my teachers. I impressed the hard work I do it. Then I was able to pass the first year. The second year, too, I was doing five subjects, all in English, and I have a problem. The language I did in Spanish and translated into English after. And I was able to do my, my essays and all my exams. And the same, I, I passed the second year with higher marks, and then I went the third year, and then is when I feel the, the impact of the education. I have to learn English, I have to read and write, I have to do all that. But what I see persistent, uh, I know I was able to, to learn, but I persist with my ideology to say, I don't need to learn English to able to do what I can do with my hands. I can express English through my hands for the limitation of education in English. And I was able to convince and prove it, and, and prove it myself too. Since a child, always I wish to, to study, but because the necessity, you know, I able to able to go to university in Peru because it's the quantity of million, millions of people applying and only the 
if financially you can afford to, this is important in a novel side. But then thanks to this country, give me the opportunity to study, to improve myself. And now I'm very gratified. So then after you, after you graduated, um, how did things work out? Well, with the intention to continue as an artist, doing exhibitions, doing craft, practicing, um, took me at least three years, nearly four years to get all the equipment for making good quality fine art. And my concentration was just making furniture, craft objects. I was able to commercialize before I finished because people used to be very interested in my work and I have an opportunity to, to be able to be different and unique. And the other thing, I believe I get through to university. I believe not because I was better than the others. Even I have better marks than the others who are professionals, but confuse me in the, in the moment because I say, how... I can have a better mark than other person who, who have a qualifier as a carpenter, qualifier as a, a panel beater. How can have a, when I don't have all this experience? And I went and asked to the principal, why? Because I have a conflict with the, with the other students because they think no, they do me a favor. And I went and asked, and the, the, the principal explained me, say, Carlos, we let you pass not because you're better than the others, it's because you're different and then your work is practical. You can produce a, a table, igual four legs than the others, but you've got character, you've got colors, you've got something different than the other planes. And this is why we try to introduce your style to others, to see it, to see what the difference is. The other ones is, can be beautiful, the piece of, of work, but it's not character. Just got character, but not finish equal the others, but eventually you will catch up. And this is what I understood, and then this is what helped me to continue improving myself. And what I said before, uh, where everything I do, I feel I can do it better the next one. And this encouraged me to continue improving my perfection. So it must have given you a lot of confidence to hear that from the principal, if you were doubting yourself a bit. Yes, yes. Plus, you know, it's something logic what I didn't see at the moment. I didn't see really like people saying I got talent, but I don't see myself I got talent. And then the only things I believe is when you persist and then you get it what you're looking for. It's persisting make you achieve and, and get what you want. And to me, this was my way to get through. And I know I was able, after I finished my degree, I was able, took me a little effort to, to get machineries, to get all the equipment, because to produce a good quality work, you have to have the best equipment to, to be able to produce quality. And I was in the period building my workshop in North Hobart to have a, a warehouse. And the year I was planning to do my exhibition, I was able to have a relationship with an Australian lady, and we ended up having three children after three years. Three children, and I was able... Before that, I had another daughter with another Australian lady. Means I got two daughters and two boys and two ladies. They were young. I was really keen to be with them. Means I had to postpone all my, my art and my work because it's more important to me and my family. All my life, I was aiming to have one. And I concentrated trying them and uh, postpone and then five, year, five years later I still continue working but no in mass production or no making 
much effort. And when the children just grow up, then I start producing more. Now they are in his 20s, and now I have a little bit more space for me to 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 spend in my art. And the problem I have with the Australian ladies, I know was able to have a relationship, long relationship, only the children's born. And then we separated, and the same the others. I don't understand why my destiny was like that, but I have an idea. Much different, the influence a lot of cultural relationship too. And yes, and then I have the children, so I have a very proud of my children. Now they are grow up, they educated, and now I was able to think of myself. And this is why in the process to do my sole exhibition, concentrate my art, and establishing myself permanently in one place. Before, I used to move in different places because workshop is no was a permanent place, and I had to move in different, maybe 10 times I moved in a whole 30 years. And another thing I've been aiming to do is a, a social club, Peruvian social club. Mm -hmm. And this too is for me is a satisfaction. Now it's a, a reality, and I will be able to share my knowledge, to share my skills, and as an artist, I will be able to represent the community. When I arrived to Tasmania, it was illegal to bring refugees to Tasmania. No was any refugees, no was any only people who want to live here. And then uh, a year and a half later, I was here staying in Australia. Um, I was joining a community migrant resource center. And the Migrant Resource Center and the meetings, we suggested to bring more people to Tasmania because the economy is going down and the population is reducing and the young people is leaving the state looking for work. After that, we suggested to the immigration to be able to get a refugees, selected refugees from the, the country of origin directly to Tasmania and then young family with the young children to be able to being educated in Tasmania, and then the future, the children will be helping to the community when they are professionals. And this was the theory in the period when we arrived to Tasmania. And then a year later, start arriving the, the refugees, start arriving from first from Laos and Vietnam. And I, realized, I noticed that they start contributing to the community by by selling products they, they produce at the market, in the local market. And the community start prosper, helping each other. And then we agree to give you a migrant resource center arrangements to, to then to able to get a, a leasing a land to able to produce the products and the, to grow the products to be able to produce. Because the majority of the, the refugees who arrive in the city, they used to grow the produce in the garden, yeah. in the house. But uh, because the the traffic and because the pollution in the in the city, no will give you good products to the yeah. to them. This is what was decided to give you a piece of land then in the country, and then they are able to get together and produce the to the plants. And this was the help. And then the, the Vietnamese arrive. They have their own community. They was able to help himself. And then the Chileans arrive. And this is why we we gathering as a group of Tasmania. We we get together the migrant to 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 make a plan how we going to receive the people. When the people arrive, uh, it was very difficult because no was uh, the human resources to able to help because the people used to come in clinically 
traumatized. They used to come really affected by the by the, the moving the country, moving the culture. They, they one died to other because the day before they arrived, they didn't know they would come to Tasmania. They didn't know a week before, they didn't know where they're going. And only they try to escape the country. And this is why we we organize here to able to accept it and able to help it to introduce to the to the community, able to settle in the community, try to support them to able not suffer in their life. And I noticed after after two years, I noticed nearly half of the refugees we help it, they really returned went to Milan or or separated or have a conflict in family conflicts. Or, or having mental problems. And we realized this is because we didn't was prepared for them to to able to, to help it. Then realized that and we will be able to, with professional help, to be able to help the families. And the conflict they used to have as a family, it was very difficult cultural way because the men was, the men of the family used to feel, used to feel the cultural shock by him taking away his his rights of be giving the support to the family because in South America the men is who bring all the money bring the work and and bring in the house all the the needs in Australia they was feeling very uncomfortable because they feeling um, no was able to be helping and this is frustration for them to feel impotent no able to no, couldn't speak the language, couldn't go to the corner to the shop, couldn't, were they sick, no able to express. All these things affected mentally, affecting to all this family. And plus, when we they arrived, we put them in a little room, a little flat. And they was, we noticed they used to argue all the time, seeing every day each other, couldn't go away, couldn't go to another room because it's solamente one room. And this was affecting them too. We noticed that and we tried to to have psychologists, psychiatrists to be able to to help the mental, because it was the majority traumatized by torture. And this is why was, uh, we, uh, we gathered groups of the same community to be able to do festivities, to get families to come back, their families to be able to reunion their family, and they will help. They help a lot. This this way we try to to make them more comfortable. But they no was easy for them to to adapt it. What I say, many people did the wrong things because the frustration. And now they they see the the the, the benefit of the children to die. They 25, 20 years old. Now they are just finish the degree, finish the profession. Now they helping us to to clean the windows for the older people, to to do the plumbing, the painting. Now we got a, a group of people who can benefit to the economy, and this is why we feel we have to continue the same way to, to to be able to to new communities to be able to be supported. Yeah, I guess since I guess since those those days, do you think things have things have improved? The, those days, you know, I realized there too. It's not just they arriving here looking for work. Or, no, we try to gathering to keep the group together. And and uh, remember, I was able to organize them when the Chileans arrive. I was able to recognize the talent, and I, I put all the talent together to make a, a musical group called Arauco Libre. The Arauco Libre was created I and another Chileans, the majority of Chileans. And we was able to create a, a band, or they was able to express the, the talent. 
And we realized they used to have a different way to represent the, the, the problem they have because through, through music they want to express what they're suffering. Because the language was a, a barrier, we was able to change the protest music to uh, cultural music with the protest words. Means we use the, the, the music, cultural music, with the expression of the, the words, but the same way what the Chile was suffering with the, with the Pinochet, the same the Salvadorians and Nicaraguenses and all that, was able to express through the music. And now and we were well accepted for the, for the community because for them was a new music was a new uh, things never here before and we promote the music and now they enjoy and listen. And so do you, do you think your, your own experience of challenges you had settling here helped you help other, other people who... Yeah, arrived? for example, now I tell them that you don't need English to, to learn to have a degree. You propose, you persist and here is a country a fair, fair go. If she can you really want it, they helping you. This is the only secret, you know, I have. If I want something, I have to get it persisting, persisting until I get it. And this is why then I believe anybody can do the same. Yeah. If I did it, and anybody can do it. When I said before, on top of the, my disability too, was difficult because of very physical work, a very, but what I said before, you know, I learned to live with this and uh, um, uh, sometimes I feel more capable than able people. My intention since years ago was to gather in people from all over Australia. First, I had to get it from over Tasmania. And now with, with organizing uh, uh, events, gathering different cultures, like example, soccer is part of our culture. And to be able to organize, we will start with a small soccer table to be able to know people. And then after that, we will organize big event. And with these things, we try to, what I say, to gather in people. And, and after these bars, after we, this crisis we're going through, we, we want to need a lot of support and gatherings to be able to get through this pandemic. Because many people being isolated, being people being isolated, and especially the, the older cultures, it's very hard for them because they're not used to be isolated. Always is reunion, but we hope with this group we'll be able to contribute to the community in Tasmania to be able to do events. My goals will be making a, a festival of song from Latin America and Tasmania, from all over the Australia, coming to Tasmania, representing the own country, the best singers or the best group. We'll be able to do it here, a big gathering annually. Yep. And uh, what? What is this Peruvian? What's the thing you're proud of most about? I will be proud of of the the people, the people, the humble, the people no 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 see materialista, materialist. Yeah, the people, the country people, yeah. the country people. I learn a lot from them. From them is I learn the culture. Yes, this is what I, and then the food is the other thing, very proud. The food we got there, every time we go gathering, our introduction is with the food. Um, and then what I said before is, uh, yes, um, we got, we got through three different kind of people living in Peru, like the Amazon, the 90 from the Amazon, real 
native, the Andes, the Incas, and the causes, the other Incas living in the coast, which used to be the, the, the city, the mestizos, mixed up with the Spanish. 